Welcome to Just Break Up, the podcast about love, heartbreak, and all the relationship advice you don't want to hear. My name is Sierra DeMolder. And I'm Sam Blackwell. This week, we're going to tackle topics like being the sloppy ex, (laughs) your friend's annoying boyfriends, and giving yourself permission to move on. But first, before we begin, we just want to give you our Surgeon General's warning, which is that we don't know what we're doing. We don't know what we're doing. We are not trained in this. No, we're not. We are not professionals. Mm -mm. Uh, I'm like carsick right now, (laughs) which... She also had the hiccups. Yeah. I just have had a hard day, like if I were a baby. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Do you need me to rock you and like... Pat you might back. need to burp me. Yeah. Okay. I'm not going to do that. That's I just weird. feel physically <laughs> sensitive right now. Like the the hiccups really threw me off. Uh-huh. And then I got car sick in the car because I'm a fragile little Victorian boy. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this is all to say uh, we are incompetent mm-hmm. and we are not qualified to do this. Please take our advice as you see fit. We are just here to awful our off, off. Awful. We're just here to be awful. We're just here to be awful. <laughs> to offer our humble musings to hopefully shed some understanding and maybe some laughs on the incredibly rewarding but mostly confusing thing that is love. Uh-huh. Welcome to episode 60, 60. I think. 60. Who knows? I never know. We're so bad at keeping count. <laughs> we seriously are. Uh, well, welcome to episode 60, hypothetically. Mm, yeah. Um. So the check-in topic today is actually inspired by a letter that somebody wrote in from Minnesota, and their name was Ugh, Ugh. <laughs> oh, First name hilarious. Ugh, last name Ugh, with lots of H's. Nice. So in their letter, they basically ask, what does unconditional love look like in relationships? And they go on to say, unconditional typically truly means love without the absence of terms and conditions. And in a relationship, I feel like I've always strived to... To do that, but in reality, uh, there should be some conditions in relationships. I mean, hello, we need standards! Exclamation point! Exclamation point! And boundaries! Exclamation point! Right? Question mark. Uh, so, how can we maintain those while still feeling like we have a good, true, real, unconditional love with our significant other? Mm. Yeah. So, I wanted to um, thank you, Ug Ug. <laughs> Uh, for sparking this conversation, I wanted to, I've kind of always wanted to talk about unconditional love mm-hmm. because it has been something that I've thought about in the past. And it was something, it was, it was maybe one of the first things that I started to question about the the facade that is love and dating when I was in my early 20s. Mm-hmm. Uh, because someone I knew back then was basically like, um, unconditional love is garbage. <laughs> You have to have conditions. Yeah. Right. And so all of a sudden, that was the first time that my understanding of reality was turned in terms of love not being the ultimate sacrifice, but love being a series of boundaries and standards and et cetera, you know. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, unconditional love. How do you feel about that? (laughs) Uh, I mean, I feel like I feel the same way as that friend that was Mm -hmm. like unconditional love is not actually a thing. Uh, And that I think sometimes we confuse unconditional love with love without boundaries or love without expectation. Oh, wow. Did you come up with that? No. Where did that come from? No, I did. I did come up with that. Yes. (laughs) Uh, Sorry. Uh, What just happened? I'm very tired. (laughs) Okay. You said no. Yes. No, I didn't. I just came up with that right now. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Love without boundaries. Yeah. Or love without, did you say, what did you say? 
Or love without expectation. Yes, I think maybe that's it. Because it's like unconditional love is a way to make people feel bad. (laughs) (laughs) What do you mean? (laughs) I don't know. It's one. I think it's one of those like expectations that we give ourselves, like that love should be all encompassing and that it should be and it should be enough and pure. And that how many times have we gotten a letter that's been like? I I just want my love to be enough to fix this For or sure. to fix this person. Yeah, and I think like unconditional love is often like the facade of it is what gets us into situations that are really unhealthy for us because right. we're like, but I love this person unconditionally, right? And so it doesn't matter Here if he's all abusing these conditions. me or right, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And so like, I think it's I think it's a beautiful idea in concept, but in practice, it's like. Eh, that's not actually that helpful for you. Yeah, and I do think that it is the blanket that we throw over shitty relationships Mm -hmm. to be like, oh, no, no, this isn't broken. Look at this beautiful couch cover I put over it. (laughs) You know, that I unconditionally love this person. Right. When in reality, I, I think that why I wanted to talk about it is that I want us to start thinking that unconditional love is possible, mm-hmm. right? But the true best, healthiest love, the 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 love that sits above it in the tier system, yeah, mm-hmm. is love with conditions mm-hmm. because I'm gonna love you with expectations. Yeah. I'm gonna love you to through growth. Yep. I'm going to love you through self-betterment. Yeah. And I'm going to hold you to that or hold you accountable to the the version of you that I think you can be. Yeah. That I think might it's be a like, little complicated, but. Yeah. But it's like love better than condition or unconditional love is love with established boundaries. Right. Mm-hmm. Because like uh, it's like Brene Brown talks about with like the bound, what boundaries do I need to have in place in order to give generously? Right. And it's like, I yeah, I think because, about that on a daily basis. I, know, I do too, because it's so true. I know. And it's like, I think that's the same thing in love too, is like, if your love is unconditional, then you are giving too much of yourself or you're like not able to establish boundaries that people and maybe it's like great because the person that you love never ever ever oversteps their boundaries like maybe that's what it is but i don't think that that's the truth in real relationships let's come up with a phrase because now that i think about it the 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 phrases that you used earlier while beautiful (laughs) thank you (laughs) (laughs) and on the spot (laughs) uh Uh, don't necessarily work unless we define them because you said love without um Boundaries? Love with boundaries. Love with boundaries. And we're saying um, love with no expectation. And and maybe that's what I like. That mm-hmm. that's the that's the romantic term that I want to replace unconditional love with. Yeah. Is love with no expectation because that type of love looks like truly wanting the best for your partner, mm-hmm. but you can still be involved in that equation. Mm. Whereas unconditional love says, I will love you no matter what condition you put me through, what you do to yourself, I will love you, yep. you know, and that, sure, that's great, but that's going to get you into like a lot of emotional debt and uh, mismanagement. Right. But love uh, without expectation is saying, um, I love you and honor you as a human, right now in your current state Mm -hmm. 
And just because you are a broken, erroring human, as we all are, I'm not going to expect you to be perfect. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's what it is. Or maybe it's like love with forgiveness and accountability. Yeah, I feel like this, <laughs> I'm trying to make one of these like replacements work, but... Uh, it's just love with boundaries. Yeah, love with boundaries. Yeah. What love with conditions. Yeah. Because we have a right to that. And I think I think it's like one of those things where it's like, well, conditional love is like, oh, then you have to be perfect yeah, like for me to love you. Totally. Got triggered the way you said it, to be honest. <laughs> for sure. But it's like, no, that's not that's also not healthy love. Like yeah. love with boundaries is about saying I love you for who you are. I love you for the erring, messy person that you are. And I understand that you are messy and imperfect and amazing. But also, you cannot cross this line or this boundary or hurt me in this way because I also need to love the messy, imperfect person that I that yeah, I am. totally. And it's like that quote that's like, boundaries are where you love yourself, how much you love yourself and how much you love the other person meet. And it's like, you got to have that or else uh, you like continue to give more and more of yourself so much so that you have nothing left to give. I'm going to add one little curveball into this. (laughs) Not like you just summarize it really nicely and we could move on. (laughs) It's fine. Throw me a curveball. I I love it. I like to drag things out. You know, I just don't, there's no clean break. Um, Uh, the writer uh, uh, mm-hmm. mentioned family and how family complicates that. Uh, families are so complicated. I know, and Can I just, just want to get rid of I, them. I, don't, <laughs> I just want to. We're not going to solve that. We're not going to solve the equation of family plus love equals question mark. Yeah. You know, like how long am I supposed to love my family, and in what ways, and and how can you know. In what ways do I sacrifice my boundaries for my family because I've been with them for my entire existence? Right, for sure. We're not going to solve that today. No. <laughs> but I just want to put that out there that unconditional love, I think, is particularly sticky and confusing. Like, it's harmful to the self in uh, rela- romantic relationships, but in familial family units, unconditional love can really lead to generational uh, internalized um, mental health issues, mm-hmm. uh, conversations that go unsaid through generations, yep. you know. And I guess without solving any of the problem of the idea of the fact that you have to unconditionally love your family, I just want to say, like, you can be the person who breaks a cycle in your family. You don't have to keep that person in your life just because they helped raise you. For sure. Yep. Or you don't have to uh, let your sister live with you because just because she's your sister, you know. <laughs> yep. All of the, I'm just saying family does complicate things. Family is where we are asked to sacrifice the most mm-hmm. yep. or give the most. But family is also where we receive the most. Mm-hmm. So it's very complicated. It is. And I think, yeah, that. That myth, myth, maybe. There we go. <laughs> I was trying to decide if I was going to say myth or not. But that myth of unconditional love. It is a myth. Only... I totally think it's a myth because, I mean, like, holler in the car if you're listening to this and you did not get enough from your parents. <laughs> Woot! <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh-huh. 
I'm really glad you're eating that banana while you're also talking I to me. I hope people cannot hear me chewing. I really need to eat something today. I'm sorry. I literally, this is this is another reason why we're not qualified. Before starting this recording session, I opened a banana and I opened a thing of yogurt mm-hmm. that I'm going to silently eat. It's, it's not silent. Perfect. Perfect. Good. It's okay. I love you unconditionally. <laughs> you fucking bitch. You better. Uh, yeah. No, the myth of unconditional love is harmful because it require it like it requires us to give more of ourselves than we're willing to give and it also sets us up for disappointment when our parents who are incapable of actually loving us in- unconditionally All of our parents are incapable of that. And you might have the perfect parent out there but then they are not there has been a time in which your parent has been not enough to you. That is the yeah. quintessential human experience. Absolutely. The first time that you realize that your parents are human and like have flaws. Devastating. It's like, oh my God, what? You were supposed to protect me. Devastating. <laughs> now it's just me. Yeah. Funny, weird uh, childhood memory that I have. Yeah. I remember reading like a little kid's science book mm-hmm. about lightning. Yep. And how lightning statistically strikes men more. Why? This is just a memory from my childhood. Maybe Who knows men are the- stupider, and so they stand outside <laughs> in lightning storms more than women do. Who knows <laughs> if what the science was back in the 80s <laughs> about uh, <laughs> weather and gender. Uh-huh, yeah. And that it, it struck people mostly on hills uh-huh. and near trees, and we lived in the woods on a hill, and I was convinced my dad was going to get struck by lightning. Oh, no. Random tangent. Want to get into our letters? <laughs> Did we, uh, did we talk about unconditional love enough? Yes, we did. Okay, great. I also just put a huge piece of the banana in my mouth, so I, I need you to start reading the letter. Okay, I'll start reading the letter. <laughs> Our first letter comes from Alyssa Anonymous, who's writing from South Bend, Indiana. South Bend. Where Mayor Pete is from. Buttigieg. Yeah. Pete Buttigieg. Buttigieg. That's right. Sometimes I just say it out loud to myself. Just to remind Alone in my apartment. <laughs> so that you don't forget. Like a forget. poltergeist. <laughs> I just want to make sure I can say it right. Buddha judge. Buddha judge. Buddha judge. Yep. But I'm not going to lie. The boot edge edge thing is very confusing to me. Why is that confusing? Because then I go, Pete, boot edge edge. <laughs> like, I can't. Like, that's not phonetic to me. It's I like... just need, I need you to say it to me, and then I need to follow you blindly into the dark. No, that makes sense. Buttigieg. It's like when I, I'm using Duolingo to learn French, and like, here's the thing about French. All of the vowel sounds are completely different than English, mm-hmm. and so I have to say each word like individually like really slowly like boot edge edge <laughs> yeah and I, and I, someone was like say something in french and i was like i don't even remember it was like mon père et uh france and everyone was like okay <laughs> i hope all of our france <laughs> listeners are like oh samuel <laughs> yeah right uh anyway let's continue hi guys New listener for, of your podcast and in love with the content. Woot woot. It's uncomfortably re- relatable at times, but pushes growth in such a good way with your humor. I love that. Uncomfortably relatable. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to make that into a t-shirt. Please do. Okay, now to the nitty gritty. I am a 28-year-old woman who has been in an embarrassing amount of toxic and worthless relationships. There's nothing to feel embarrassed about. We've all been in toxic and worthless worthless relationships. Yeah, sometimes we've been toxic and worthless. Exactly. <laughs> That's my Tinder bio if I was dating. <laughs> Recently, however, I dated a guy who was friends with who I was friends with prior to us making things official. 
Things got serious fast, but I was really okay with it. We were on cloud nine, but as his career was taking off, he had less and less time for a relationship, with co- which caused a lot of arguments. Now, I will take responsibility and say I know my defense mechanism can be to push people away when I really need them most, and at the time I was going through some shit and really needed him, so needless to say, I ended the relationship prematurely. After maybe 24 hours and way too much wine and Beyonce with my ladies, I immediately knew I had made the wrong choice and came crawling back asking to fix things. Well, he wanted nothing to do with that. For months, and I mean three long months, I was the crazy ex who drunk dialed and texted I love yous, begged for his time, and made sure he knew how much I regretted ending things. During those three months, we would occasionally see each other, but usually when he was drunk, which made which felt pretty shitty for me. Now fast forward to currently. I had finally stopped texting and calling him and was set on moving on, but of course, men have some type of radar when they know a woman is about to move on, an alarm goes off. They like, do. They do alert, have that. your ex is in a healthy state of mind. Time to show back up. So let's be real, I couldn't have shown up quicker at his door if I tried. Now, however, I found out he was seeing someone when we were separated. I did my single thing. I can't judge that, but I was not emotionally invested in anyone. I knew I still loved him. He has since told me he loves me, still could see himself marrying me, but wants to take things slow. I can respect that, but I'm worried I am settling in fear of losing him again. I am constantly scared he is investing time with the girl he was seeing or keeping her on a back burner. He avoids saying I love you back when I say it, but has said it on his own. I am scared to have put myself back in a situation where I feel the need to earn someone's love when it should be freely given, as I have given mine. I love him without a doubt, and I want to work through this with him, but I feel I am putting in more than he is when I wasn't the one who came back now. Am I being an idiot? Am I setting myself up for another three months of feeling miserable? Or should I just chill the fuck out and see where it goes without pressure? Please help. Thanks tons. Thank you, Alyssa. Thank you. Love your letter. <laughs> I know. Isn't it relatable? Do you get to hang out with Mayor Pete all the time? Let us know. <laughs> Boot edge edge. See, I just, if I think about it, it has to go, it has to be smooth. Boot edge edge. Yeah, I know. I can say it if I just th- hurl m- myself at the syllables. Everyone's Boot like, edge. can we stop talking about this now? <laughs> Listen, when Sam and I don't see each other, other than, like when we're busy and we only hang out in podcast time, this is our hangout. So you guys have to listen to me. Right? Curl be- my body at the syllables of Mayor Buttigieg's name. We would normally be doing this like while drinking mimosas, yeah, but yeah. unfortunately, we have to do it in front of all of you people. <laughs> With all of you people is what he means to say. That's right. That's right. Anyway, <clears throat> all right, Alyssa, you do need to chill the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> and I say that only because you use those words. I, I say that affectionately. Mm-hmm, yep. But let me tell you a little funny story. Okay, great. Uh, my girlfriend, yeah. who I'm with right now, mm-hmm. dating currently, Um, we used to date a billion years ago. And if you want to hear the full story, if you want to hear the interview with my girlfriend and hear her name and her voice and all that goodness, mm-hmm. you can subscribe to our Patreon uh, five dollars a month for yeah. an additional bonus weekly episode. There you That's go. Five dollars a month for a weekly, and episode. you get to hear from <laughs> both of our partners and one of our uh-huh. friends, and you get to hear us talk about um, things like work and yeah, personal things, our thoughts on other things other than dating. Yeah, 
for sure. Anyway, this is not a plug in the middle of your letter, <laughs> Alyssa. <laughs> this is all to say that back in the day when my girlfriend crushed my heart like a little old bug, uh-huh, like yep. 12 years ago, 13 years ago, um, I was that ex. <laughs> I was that ex. <laughs> and I would call her and and text her. Well, it was like 12 years ago, so we weren't really at the full texting phase. You had to do T9, so like each text would take like 15 minutes. It was like, I miss you when you were drunk was like, honestly, like a sobriety test that like a state trooper would give you. Like, I, am I? Like six, six, zero. (laughs) Anyway, mostly I would just call her at like one or two in the morning and she would never answer the phone because she had hashtag boundaries. That's right. Even then. <laughs> and I had hashtag none. None. Yeah, no. I was like uh, the ocean. <laughs> Boundaryless. <laughs> and uh, this is all to say, like, been there, done that, felt regret about that mm-hmm. and ashamed of that for years. Yeah. So let me do you a favor and just say, one, Stop doing that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That is not a representation of what is authentic and healthy for you, your boundaries, your desire, and your growth. True. Period. I'm just, I'm I'm not going to, we can talk about why we do that type of behavior, but it's really like an anxious manifestation of like, please love me. Please love me. Mm -hmm. I am not enough. I am not enough. But listen, no matter who loves you, no matter who you're in a relationship with or who dumps you, you're still worthy. You're still whole. Yep. And it is, I want to say, like, it's not a good look to obsessively call or text somebody, but it's not about that. It's about, like, the the bigger holistic look of it all, yeah. right? Like, that you are whole, right? And that when you feel that need to reach out to somebody in that circumstance— mm-hmm. The better thing to do is look inward and say, what wound am I trying to nurse now that I can't heal myself? For sure. Yep. And I don't mean to go so hard on you so fast. (laughs) This is not hard. This is more like, girl, I felt so ashamed of being that um, obsessive ex that called and called and called. And it was because I truly, one, I wanted to control this the situation and mm-hmm. I and my girlfriend was putting up hard, hard boundaries and therefore I couldn't control the narrative and I was becoming really anxious and yep. and and I was sad and mm-hmm. I missed her she crushed my little heart that's right but now we've been dating for a year so it's okay 13 <laughs> years later reparations <laughs> hold the grudge <laughs> just kidding uh but uh yeah so that's number one I feel I feel like the that type of behavior, you did make a mistake, or like you feel like you made a mistake, mm-hmm. but that type of be- behavior is a, not a red flag, but like a pink flag of of maybe some, an anxious attachment style, or or maybe just some, an unhealthy relationship to your desires and, and yourself. Like if you, if you can't enact a healthier boundary, mm-hmm. what does that say, you know? Yeah. And I mean, I think it's hard to you know, be out of a relationship with a person and then like desperately want them back. Like, yeah. I get the impulse, but, but, and this isn't just advice for you, but advice for like anybody, like, yeah. Anybody, like, yeah. Advice for me too, in some, like, mm-hmm. even outside of, of romantic relationships, right? But like, where is that feeling of like 
that desire coming from, right? Is it for the person or is it for the validation that having that person in your life gave you? Yeah. Is it that that tiny child inside you saying, I'm not enough unless this person loves me. Mm -hmm. I'm not enough unless this person is back in my life. I'm a bad person because I I regret the fact that I broke up with them. Right. Right. And that's that is what's driving it. Yeah. And it's not going to be solved by drunk dialing them. Yeah. <laughs> it's not going to be yeah. solved by texting them I love you because that is not actually what your soul needs. What your soul needs is to understand that you are complete and whole and good without the love and validation of this other person. I totally. And it, it also extends to, I think, how we love people and love languages mm-hmm. is how we respect their boundaries, how do, how we establish our own and how we respect theirs and to drunk dial or repeatedly cross over a boundary when somebody says like no contact or whatever. Yep. Um, you're betraying yourself as, as well as what they've asked of mm-hmm. you. Um, and I just want to say too, because I, we're kind of, I'm kind of railing on this, <laughs> <laughs> like out the gate, we, are like, what are you doing? Um, I just want to say I I relate to this so hard. And the only way, the only way I have been able to avoid this behavior, because I'm a very anxiously attached person, mm-hmm. um, because I like to communicate all my feelings out. So like no contact is literally physically torture for me. Yeah. The only way I, I can get through things like this is a black, black, black scenario. Mm-hmm. I had to I, we said this in the last episode, but I had to delete my ex's phone number out of my phone so that I had no way of contacting them yeah. because that's how I could respect my boundaries and his boundaries. For sure. And if my girlfriend ever leaves me again, she's going to have to tra- change her name and address. <laughs> <laughs> I, and this is just like accountability for myself. Like I just my desire for control or like to be to be a part of the conversation it makes things like breakups very difficult for me and and i want to say like maybe i would be different if i was healthier or i don't know spiritually more evolved but sure. this is just the manifestation of this flesh sack <laughs> that i have right now <laughs> that i that that not being able to contact someone when i want to contact them is infuriate infuriatingly difficult for me i get it so, Alyssa, <laughs> <laughs> let's get to your actual question. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think you kind of touched on it because the actual question is, am I am I doing the right thing and how do I do this? Yeah. Right. Moving forward. Yeah. Of like getting back together with the ex. Yeah. What do you think? Uh, I'm not sure. <laughs> I mean, I think that it could. And I say this for like any person who's getting back together with their ex is like, yes, there are things that you can work through and you can work with. Yes. But both of you need to be showing up and putting in effort. There needs to be open and honest communication about what went wrong and how things are going to change. And like you have to hash out the things that happened that caused the breakup in the first place. Because if you don't, then you're just going to wind up yeah, in another just, breakup. Don't put a Band-Aid <laughs> yeah, on this. Right. Don't don't let this relationship be a Band-Aid. Like, oh, we're back together. Slap a Band-Aid on this gashy, this this bloody gash. For sure. Yeah. Um, and it'll get all better. Because being together doesn't solve anything. No, it doesn't. Being in a relationship does nothing. It does nothing. <laughs> Talking about things, working through things is the real work. But I want to add one thing, which I think might be directed specifically at... Um, the anxiety that I'm reading from this letter and mm-hmm. from your behaviors and from your even your unsurety of how to move forward now of like yep. you want to make it right you you know you don't know another thing I would say is like 
sure, you guys want to date each other, take it hella slow and be hella intentional. Mm-hmm. Meaning you need time to rebuild and and reset your inner compass so that you don't break down or 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 make misguided decisions. Uh, decisions in the future like how what are you doing to fill up you right now and not just to mend this relationship yeah because you were saying when you broke up it was because you you needed him because you were going through something difficult has that difficult thing been mended like have you worked on yourself Mm -hmm. as much as you've tried to win this guy back absolutely and the fact that when things get difficult you tend to run away or push people away right is have we worked on that portion of it as well, right? Like what is to keep you from becoming from the same thing from happening? And my Mm -hmm. fear for you, Alyssa, is that you are using this dude Mm -hmm. uh, who you're dating as the, I don't like the panacea for all of the (laughs) the issues that you're facing. Please define. Panacea is like the cure-all. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Where does it come from? Latin? I don't know. (laughs) Meaning, like, would would like an old medicine teller be like, "Here's a panacea." Probably. Interesting. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but what I'm afraid is happening is that like you've become fixated on this dude as like the way to solve the problems or yeah. to like fix the bad things that you did when like maybe he's not actually the thing to fix it, and maybe the thing to fix it is some therapy. Yeah. And some head and heart work, head and heart work, some growth internally, some alone time. Yeah, absolutely. And my fear is that, like, you are, again, trying to get him to love you more and more as proof to yourself that you are lovable. Yes. And that's not the solution (laughs) because you are lovable regardless of whether or not he loves you. Right. And we're saying that to you. And I want you to believe it because I think. Once you get to the point where you believe it, you can actually make some really good and healthy decisions about whether or not you actually want to be in this in this relationship with this man. Absolutely. We believe in you. We believe in your worthiness of love. We even believe in this relationship. Yeah. But it sounds like you're prioritizing the um, mending of this split instead of sitting in that discomfort, mm-hmm. right? Like it's yep. uncomfortable to break up. Yep. It's even more uncomfortable to make a mistake. Yeah, for sure. And sometimes we have to sit in that to hear what we truly need to hear Absolutely. instead of immediately putting that Band-Aid on. Absolutely. To say to yourself, wow, I pushed away this dude that I really liked because I was overwhelmed with stuff. Right. I don't want that to happen again. So what do I have to do to be able to go through adversity and go through issues and be vulnerable enough to let the next person in, right? And that is that's the the cure that you're going to find and it's not going to be making sure that this dude loves you again. Right. Alyssa, thank you so much for writing. Thank we you love so you. Much. We believe in you. Say hi to Mayor Pete for us. Yeah. Booty judge. Booty judge. She hates that. (laughs) Did you know that nearly 75% of people have subscriptions that they've forgotten about? I will tell you that I 100% am in that 75% of people. Before I started using Rocket Money, I thought I had maybe, I don't know, 15 subscriptions, um, but I couldn't believe it when actually I had way more than that. And it was things that I both had forgotten about and not forgotten about, but like seeing it all in one place was a real sort of amazing moments of clarity for me from streaming 
streaming services and fitness apps and delivery services. Like everyone's trying to sell you a subscription now. And Rocket Money is great because it helps make sure that you're no longer wasting money on the ones that you forgot about. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that helps find and cancel your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. With Rocket Money, I have full control over my subscriptions and a clear view of my expenses. I can see all of my subscriptions in one place. And if I see something I don't want, Rocket Money can help me cancel it with just a few taps. I love how the dashboard helps me see this month's spending compared to last month so I can clearly see my spending habits. It is humbling (laughs) (laughs) and incredibly helpful. Uh And they'll also help me create a custom budget and keep my spending on track. Rocket Money will even try to negotiate lower bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is submit a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. They'll deal with customer service for you. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has saved a total of $500 million in cancel subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash just break up. That's rocketmoney.com slash just break up. Rocketmoney.com slash just break up all right our second letter comes from jen m who's writing to us from utah hey friends i have this reoccurring problem it's so widespread in my life that nearly all my straight woman friends across the religious political and other such spectrums except the sexuality and gender identity spectrums do this The problem is that they assume that their male partners are invited everywhere. They will frequently show up to our time together with their male partners without having asked, or when we are making plans together, it will become apparent midway through the conversation that they think I am inviting, quote, them as a unit uh, rather than them as individuals. This then puts me in the awkward position of having to, quote, uninvite people who were never, in fact, invited. This isn't as much a problem if they assume he is invited in the planning stages because I can just say that he's not invited. (laughs) But it is especially awkward if they just show up with him and they say uh, we are, say, camping or having a night out. How would you suggest addressing this in a way that I do not have to repeat myself ad nauseum as I am now? In a world, in an ideal world, I would also mention that The fact that them assuming that men are welcome, much less wanted everywhere, is patriarchal bullshit and that their behavior (laughs) is codependent as fuck. But I will settle for just seeing my friends without their male partners. (laughs) Jen, thank you so much for writing. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. I like this letter because it's different. Mm -hmm. Uh, Do you relate? Do I relate? Yes, to a certain extent. But I don't. Hang out with a lot of straight yeah. women that are with men. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But do you, you know, know I mean? of this? As, like, how about this? Um, stripping gender. Yeah. Do you feel like people often assume their partners are invited places? Yeah. Yes, especially if it's in like we're all in the same friend group. Yes. Like sometimes people will like if they're dating someone from outside the friend group 
will be like, oh, can I bring this person? Yeah. Which I always think is like great and respectful. Uh, but like, no, if I invite Allison someplace, I assume Mike is coming. Right. Those are our friends. Yes. <laughs> who are great. And I love them both. <laughs> Individually and as a pair. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think that this is probably not, if not common, it's the, at least recognizable, right? Yes. Like it sounds like it might, Jen, it, it might be a little bit more potent in your friend group mm-hmm. than I would say the average friend group. Yep. Like it, it, this is like the friend version of it's not me, it's you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it, it might be your friend group. <laughs> <laughs> but I do know that I recognize this issue and that at least a handful of times in my life, I have felt like I wanted one-on-one quality time with a friend and ended up hanging out with their significant other. Yep. And I think this is particularly difficult when when you do add gender back and you do add maybe like the type of relationship if, if you're um, a woman or someone uh, who identifies as a woman who wants to hang out with other women. In a safe space without men. Right. Like for sure. Makes sense. Uh, I think it's also like, um, I think that we are taught frequently that like couples who are together should do everything together all the yeah. time. And like that is a, a cultural societal thing that I think is really harmful <laughs> because like couples should have separate interests and should have the ability to move through the world as individuals. But I think we are often called upon as couples to constantly be together or to constantly do the same thing at the same time. Yeah, totally. Like it leads to like the letter that we answered like last week or two weeks ago, who the person who was like my partner and I don't share interests, but like I constantly am uh, forsaking my interests to do things with him. And it's like, that's just such a unhappy place to be, to have to like always be subservient to someone else's interests or like the fact that we have to be together at all times. Yeah. I think, and, and let's, Let's flip it too. Let's think about the person who has that significant other spouse who they want to hang out with all the time. And maybe mm-hmm. they have this, the healthiest relationship, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe they work all the time and their their time together is the only time they can be together. So they their social life is overlapping because that's their quality time together. Um, to empathize with them for a second, outside of just time restrictions, I would also say like, I think sometimes it's can be awkward to be the friend pitted between your your significant other and the friend you know Mm -hmm. um and that and i'm speculating or at least i'm pulling from old situations from i think i was much more codependent when i was younger and i used to do things with my significant others all the time yep and so i was probably this i probably looked more like this person jen than i looked like you Mm -hmm. in my early 20s but in those situations i think i would feel awkward to be like to bring up if my significant other was invited. So I would avoid the question and just bring him anyway or bring her anyway. (laughs) Just being honest. I'm just saying like, we're not perfect people. (laughs) That's hilarious. So I bring that up because Jen, like your friend might just not want the conflict of asking you or the, and they just like or they're codependent and they're afraid that the answer is no. Yes, and then they don't and and furthermore, like something I experience, uh maybe they're afraid to tell their partner no. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. You know, like I think that's oh, what I I'd, experienced that 
for sure. Absolutely. When I was, oh yeah, that was not. I fun. know. See, this is what I'm trying because I'm. Re- I remember being the middle person. Yep. You know, I remember being like, being like oh, oh, you're not invited. Yeah, or like, I think it's a girls' night or whatever. Yep. Um, and the right healthy person can hear that and be fine, but the wrong person is going to see that as a threat mm-hmm. to um, their claim over you, to their control over you. So yep. this is just like a small little segue to bring empathy to the people who have a hard time, to, you know, drawing the line between their friend groups and their romantic For sure. outings yeah. or whatever. Yep. But super relatable, super understandable, Jen. We'll give you some tips about how to approach this. I think first off... Uh, I think this this warrants like a f- sit down friend conversation, just like you would give with your partner, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. You can do it lovingly. You can do it with great care and affirmation and nurturing, and say, "Hey, I really love hanging out with you. I even <laughs> love hanging out with your boyfriend." <laughs> you know, whatever extent of the truth that is. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, but sometimes I feel guilty that I have to constantly uninvite your boyfriend or your partner. Um, and I would really appreciate if we could have some more, uh, intentional one-on-one, uh, mm-hmm. girl time or, yep, you know, for sure. Or I think, yeah, saying that and being like, I love, I love you and your partner's great. Um, I also like want to have that intentional one-on-one time. And so when I invite you someplace, please assume that I'm inviting you. And ask if your partner can come. Yeah, I think that's very fair. Yeah. You or might... just be like, and hey, had, if he is coming, please give me a heads up so that yeah. I can like be ready for it. Be, and and here's, the, here's the underlying thing that I want to touch on, Jen, is that there are two ways this can go. You can continually keep swallowing your tongue and build a level of res- uh, resentment and frustration mm-hmm. about your friend. And mm-hmm. that's what I'm guessing is happening right now is that you resent every time she brings or they bring their boyfriend Yep. because it uh, you don't feel like you can totally say something without creating a conflict. You can't believe that she brought him again or whatever it's, you know. Um, and it's the it's the perpetual eye roll of having to say, no, 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 just you this time, right? Mm-hmm. And not, not articulating it, not giving your frustration the light of day uh, is going to build into a really toxic resentment. And you don't want to resent your friends, yep. right? So your feelings, your experience of things, your desires deserve to see the light of day. They deserve to be spoken and heard and respected. And if you make this into the not big deal it is, right. it's not going to turn into some more like deep-seated uh, frustration sure. with your friend. Absolutely. And, and asking, this right. is not a big deal. Right. And asking for what you need without accusation is like the healthy thing that you do in relationships, and right? To, uh, explain that. Rewind a little because I love that phrase so much. But like asking for what you need without accusation. So not like... You do this. Yeah, you it's do really this, annoying. Or, right. It's really annoying when you bring your boyfriend everywhere. Can you not do that? Like, why are you doing this? Right. And instead say, I love you. I love your boyfriend. I love spending time with both of you. But here's what I need from you. Which I is feel to this say, way when right? this happens. Yep. Yeah. And so... um. And I feel like I have to uninvite people when I'm really just inviting one person. Yeah. So in the future, when I ask you to hang out, assume that I'm only asking you and please ask if I if you can bring yeah. your partner. Yeah. And I mean this in a very loving way. I love you and I want to have this open 
yep. dialogue with you. And I don't want it to be something that goes unspoken. For sure. And, you know, I love I want to be able to build my relationship with you outside of your partnership with your person. Uh, but, you know, I love how much you love him. And I love that you you love your relationship that much. Right? Totally. Um, but I also just like want to do some hard news, which is that unfortunately, even if you have this conversation with them and do it with an open heart and vulnerability. You cannot control what your friends do. <laughs> yeah, and they might not respond in the way that you want them to. No. Does that mean it's it's worth, you know, continually swallowing this grievance? No. No. Life is about showing up. Life is about leaning into the discomfort to hopefully reach some higher level of authenticity and yep. understanding. And if you lean into this potentially uncomfortable conversation with your friends, hopefully you will come to a greater intimacy, Mm -hmm. right? But if they pull away, if they are unable to receive your truth in whatever way um, is, you know, polite or reciprocal, then then you will come to a higher grader of understanding and authenticity (laughs) about that friendship. (laughs) Absolutely. Yep, for sure. And to a certain extent, like... This conversation could go really well, and I and I really hope that it does. But if it doesn't go well, then you are left with two options, really. One is, like, I'm going to accept the fact that I can't change my friend, and I'm just going to have to deal with the fact that they're going to bring their boyfriend. Right. And I'm going to have to reframe in my mind what I want out of this relationship to be what is actually available to me, right? And say, like, that means that every time I invite Jan, she's going to bring Pete. <laughs> Pete? <laughs> Bastards. Uh-huh. Because you can't control whether or not that happens. Like, right. you can ask for what you need, but you can't always get what you need. Right. right? Or you can say, okay, so now I understand that this is the way it's going to be, and I choose not to be friends with that person anymore. I totally agree. Right? I totally and so agree. Those are the two options, and I think that there's, like, good things in either one, but you got to realize that you you have to let go of trying to control every way in which your friends interact with their husbands and also with you. Yeah, I totally agree. Great. And we're sorry this ha- is happening. It's yeah. annoying. It's annoying, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> it just is like, dang. Yeah. Oh. Um, all right, Jen. Well, thank you so much for writing. We hope this helps. We love you. We love you. All right. Our third and final letter comes from Emily Just Broke Up. <laughs> Congratulations. Yeah, right. Uh, And Emily is writing from the winding valley between heartbreak and happiness, (laughs) but also Ohio. (laughs) Uh, Emily, you're great. I think that's so funny. (laughs) First of all, you're both amazing people, and I'm so grateful to have found your podcast. You've helped me figure out a lot in my time of in a time of my life when I haven't had many people to go to advice for. Thank you for all that you do. I'm a 25-year-old cishet woman who has finally put on her big girl pants and ended a bad relationship three months ago. It took about three years for the relationship to stagger to its death, and I should have ended it way earlier, but shoulda, woulda, coulda, you know? Two major points. One, my ex-boyfriend was emotionally abusive and controlling. It took a lot of therapy and self-love to finally realize what was happening and get myself out of it. Now I'm working on figuring myself out and learning how to set healthy boundaries. I'm also working on building up healthy friendships that I failed to nurture because my ex would throw a fit if I spent time with anyone but him, which relates exactly to what we were just talking about. (laughs) 
Our relationship was also mostly a secret because of our work environment, see below, and his controllingness, so I haven't had the chance to ask many people other than my therapist for help. And now that it's over, I plan to keep it a secret and in the past. That might not be the right choice for everyone, but that's what I want for myself. Two, we are coworkers at a medium-sized company and members of the same friend group. Our field is small and competitive, and we both love our jobs, so we always kept things professional between us at the office. And we've kept it that way. In a perfect world, I would have left town and found a new gig to make the healing process easier, but life is messy, and I'm a career-driven woman not willing to give up an amazing opportunity over some boy. We're also a part of the same friend circle, which I am also unwilling to give up because I lost friends during the course of the friendship relationship, and I don't want to give up what I had have left and start over. Things have been more or less fine between me and my ex, which surprised me. I've spent so much time fixated on the worst that could happen if I dumped him, and I did it, and the world didn't end. Mm. We've continued to work together fine, and the times we hang out with mutual friends have also gone well. We made an agreement during the breakup that we still cared about each other as humans and wouldn't try to hurt the other person at work or in life. I have no lingering feelings for him. I'm working through some anger and regret, but I don't hate him. He's human. I'm human. We're all fucked up in our own special way. Hey, cheers to that. (laughs) I just want to move on with my life and not give up the job I worked so hard to get and friends I just absolutely love. My question is this. I want to date again. I'm excited to date again. I'm looking forward to opening my heart for someone who will love me well and who I can love well in return. I started using dating apps and meeting people for coffee, and it is just so exciting. (laughs) The world is so so cute. The world is so full of attractive, interesting, and kind people. I love that that is your experience on dating apps because, like, everyone else is like, (laughs) it's hell. (laughs) But I'm nervous about hurting my ex. I may be over the feels we used to have, but uh, but I don't know where he is on his recovery journey. And I'm a caring person who can't turn off my empathy. I get anxious about the thought of bringing someone new, some new wonderful guy to a work event or party with my friends and having my ex, I don't know, cry, be angry, start to treat me unprofessionally Mm. at work. My biggest problem in our relationship was that I didn't have the self-esteem to set healthy boundaries and I let him walk all over me. I lived and died by his approval and happiness without standing up for my own needs or wants. I worry that although I am channeling all my energy into being a bad single bitch who is living her best life, (laughs) I'm still being emotionally held down with a fear of how he'll react to me moving on quickly and dating again. I lived in fear for years, and boy, I have had enough of that garbage. Am I being too compassionate about his feelings? Should I put myself first and start bringing hot dates to meet friends? Or should I wait a few more months out of courtesy for my ex's mental health? Am I just overthinking it, and I can now live how I want, and everything's going to turn out fine just like it did after the breakup? Thank you for reading. Emily, this is a great letter. Thank you so much for writing. (laughs) Um, and congrats on breaking up with an uh, abusive asshole. Right. I'm sure he's fine. Yeah. I'm sure he's on his own journey. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> I just mean, like, <laughs> I don't care about him. And that's what you should do. <laughs> nice. Nicely done. Thank okay, you. that's an episode. So. Yeah. Well, goodbye. <laughs> Good night, everyone. Um, no, Emily, I'm just joking. Uh, 
obviously so you stay you still care about this person's well-being yep. and more importantly you've been trained that if you do something that is against his wishes you will be quote unquote punished for that yep. so you are right now responding as you've been trained to respond which yep. is to accommodate your experience around his triggers absolutely and i want to say that it's not just about the dating thing it's about so many different parts of this breakup where you are making yourself as small as possible to accommodate making sure that he is well. Mm -hmm. And that is something that abusers teach us to do. uh, And they're really, really good at it. Oh, God, they're just little (laughs) sociopaths. And so it hurts me to hear and to think that you have friends that don't even know that you were in a relationship with him and don't even know that he was as emotionally abusive as he was. Like, how are you living your life Closing yourself off to the people who want to be with you and to love you and support you. Yes. Right. And you don't I know that that you say that that is what you want, but I want you to really, really interrogate that. Is that actually what you want to have to hide yourself amongst the people who you should be the most authentic with? Or is it something that you are doing to make sure that he won't react poorly to it? Yes. And I'm like, I want to say that in that explicit and clear way because sometimes and Sierra and I can both relate to this because we have both been in relationships with people who have made us be small to not hurt them. Yep. And I want to say it explicitly because I want you to hear it and see it for the the, the thing that it is and not something that he is trying to make it. Right. Your lessening of yourself and more importantly your happiness is not a crime. It's not an assault on his happiness. Mm-hmm. And if he feels like it is, if he feels as though your happiness is all in his face, then he is obviously still working on his internal imbalances. Absolutely. Um, we are all impacted by the people around us, for right? Sure. Yep. But your lessening yourself does nothing for the world and it does nothing for his personal journey. Absolutely. It is not your job to make sure that he is comfortable. It is not your job to make yourself unhappy so that he will be okay. Right. It is not. You have been told that it is, but I'm telling you right now, it's not your job. He might react really poorly to that, but that is his thing. Right. It is not your thing. Right. Um, and I also want to be like, just a little, little side, like maybe you should block him. (laughs) Like I know you have friend groups that are overlapping. And so if you're forced to see him through your social group and your professional life, like maybe he doesn't have to see your cute little Instagram posts about your new date or whatever. Right. Like if just because you can't enact the full boundaries that you deserve in your professional life, doesn't mean you can't put up some small, strong, but small boundaries in your personal life. Absolutely. And you know, continue to ask yourself, is this a reality of a thing that I cannot do? Or is this a a ripple effect, Mm -hmm. like an echo of the relationship that I was in? Do you really not have to tell people about this relationship? Do you really not have to flaunt the fact that you're dating cute guys uh, because it will affect him? And I want to tell you that I think so much of this is still that feeling of needing to be small and of needing to make sure that he's okay at the expense of your own happiness and growth, that it's, it just hurts my heart. (laughs) I know. To be totally honest, like, it's just like, 
I see like so many echoes of where I was when I was exiting out of an abusive relationship with a man who I then lived with for two years. Yep, don't do that. Don't <laughs> yeah, do that. Please don't do that. Learn from my mistakes. Uh, that I just want to say, like, you are allowed to take up space. You are allowed to be happy. And like the the sadness or whatever he's going to feel about that has nothing to do with you. It has nothing to do with you and your happiness. It has everything to do with the, the stuff that he needs to take care of on his own with the help of his friends and his therapist. Right. It's just true. It's just true. So go on dates and don't be ashamed of it. <laughs> yeah. We're going to be your little, your wing people. Right. Your little wing folk. Yes. <laughs> we are here. We're queer and we are on your shoulders. <laughs> yes. And we're little wing folk and we're saying like, yes, wear that. Yes, uh-huh. order that. Yeah. Yes, swipe right. Or oh my left. God. Which one is it? I don't know. I've yeah. never been on Tinder. Yeah. It's a, it's a wild ride. But there are so many cute and interesting people I hear. <laughs> yes. But that's a good thing. I like, I was laughing. I was like kind of chuckling to myself at one point when you're reading because it was like, I love your enthusiasm. I'm so glad that you are so excited to be dating. You should be excited because you haven't been crushed by it yet. <laughs> uh, JK, JK, uh, you know, joking aside, uh, you deserve to experience the, the plethora that is dating. You you deserve to experience love that is healthier than what you experience. Absolutely. And we learn how to love people by loving people. We learn how to put up boundaries by attempting to put up boundaries. You yep. know, you can you can really use this new chapter of your life as a as a playing field to try out who you want to be in this next iteration of you. Absolutely. What is the, what is the title of this chapter of your life going to be? Is it going to be, I hid my happiness because I was still caretaking for a man who didn't deserve it. (laughs) I'm sorry. Damn. (laughs) Well, I feel personally, I feel like you're talking to your younger self. (laughs) I feel I connect to this letter, not just in the unhealthy relationship, but that the caretaker in me um, has really undermined my happiness mm-hmm. in relationships, even in the present, because of for, of fear of the conflict that my happiness causes. Yep. Right. Like that somehow my happiness is not allowed to shine as brightly as other people's mm-hmm. because I view myself as a constant um, ap- apology. I view myself as a constant um, negative thing in people's lives, even though all I try to do is take care of the people I love. Right. But I can't take care of them if I'm not making them happy, if they can't date me or if they can't be with me. That's the right. logic in the caretaker's mind is that like I can't um, I can no longer fulfill my nurturing if I can't if I'm with somebody else. Mm-hmm. So then I hide my happiness. Yep. And I've just done that for too many years, and I'm not going to do it anymore. That's legit. And you shouldn't either. Um, no. I'm happy, and I'm in love, and I'm never going to hide that. And you, my darling, should go forth and uh, and live your life, move on, because you, you chose to do that. You owned that. Absolutely. And this is the new chapter of your life, and yep. it's titled Badass Single Bitch. <laughs> or Badass Dating Bitch. There we go. There we go. <laughs> badass uh, woman who is not tied down but is also carrying lots of ropes <laughs> yes, perfect <laughs> will I hit or miss <laughs> uh, alright great thank you so much for writing Emily we, we loved your letter we love you good luck
All right. That brings us to the blind date segment of our episode. This is the segment where we set you up with something that we think you're really going to like. Really going to like. This week, we want to set you up with... Pole dancing. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Hear me out. Okay. I'm hearing you. So I have been... I started taking pole dancing classes Mm -hmm. uh, in June. Yes. And um, I just want to say... That I am not uh, very coordinated. Mm-hmm. I'm not what you would call a graceful human. That's great. And the way I dance is much, it's similar to the way I pronounce Buttigieg. <laughs> Clunky <laughs> and awkward. I just, <laughs> I just throw myself at it. <laughs> uh, Love um, it. And and dancing has always been a great joy of mine. Like, I love going out to, like, when I was younger and capable <laughs> yeah. of, like, staying up past 10. I love going out dancing with Sam, and and he's actually my favorite dance partner. Mm. Um, but I had some, like, little tiny baby childhood trauma from dance mm-hmm. class when I was younger because I really struggle with learning, like, my body is not very fluent in the uh, language of choreography, mm-hmm. meaning if you tell me to, like, put my left foot over my right foot, I'll be like, slow down, <laughs> back it up 10 steps, uh-huh. lady, yep. <laughs> you know. So I just have some anxiety about, like, dancing and 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 looking comfortable in my body, mm-hmm. okay? And I have always wanted to do pole dancing because the women who do pole dancing, especially um, professionally I mean, both exotic dancers and people who do pole competitions, which are like wild, crazy, like Olympic level sports. Yeah. They just look so powerful and graceful. And so inspired by the loss of my grandmother, which I've talked about a couple of times on here, who was always taking classes, who was always putting herself into new situations and being a student of life. Mm-hmm. I said, you know what? Fuck it. I can look like an idiot and <laughs> and take a pole dancing class in honor of my grandmother. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and to be honest, it's been so rewarding. And I guess this blind date is less about pole specifically, although I'll get into a little bit about my experience with it. But it's more about like it has been so rewarding to, one, do something way outside of my comfort zone. Mm -hmm. It just it sounds cliche as shit, but I just want to encourage you guys all out there that that thing that you want or like that you uh you know, non-sexually lust over, you know, that you think like, wow, that's so cool. That is in your grasp, whether you can master it or not, because mm-hmm. that was another lesson I learned is that like, you don't have to be an expert of the things that you play in. Absolutely. Right? You don't um, have to be perfect. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, and it's just been so rewarding finally to dance in unison with other people. It's been, it's, it's like evoked a little child in me, even though I'm in like seven inch heels and on a pole, (laughs) it's just been just so joyful. So if you've ever been thinking about doing pole, um, try it out, uh, see if there's a local fitness studio, um, that offers classes. It is an extreme sport. Um, it's really hard on your body, but I do so many bruises, but I do want to say that I have seen such diversity in the clientele that take these classes, um, both in age, gender, ability, um, 
uh, race, um, body types, like strength, you know, strength. It, it has been all over the board. I've seen, you know, 18 year olds and I've seen 55 year old mothers, empty nesters, you know, it's just all over the board. And it's just been so rewarding to be in a space that's all about just challenging yourself. Love it. Yeah. So that's my pole dancing is my blind date. <laughs> Amazing. All right. Thank you all for listening. You can like us on Facebook and you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Just Break Up Pod. You can slide into our DMs, send us your favorite relationship memes. But most importantly, you can send us your questions about all matters of the heart at JustBreakUpPod.com, which is also where you can find our merchandise. Uh, we have new shirts, new sweatshirts, a uh, new, new uh, a tank top, and we have new hats, cute little dad hats and winter hats and mugs, cute. things like that. And this podcast is free for you to listen, but it's not free for us to make. So it's super important for you to support us in the ways that you can to help us uh, continue to make this content free for you. Absolutely. Please don't forget to subscribe and leave us a five-star rating and review, and also consider supporting us on Patreon. If you support us at $5 a month on Patreon, you get an additional bonus weekly episode, $5 a month for a weekly episode. This literally helps us keep the lights on and keep helps us reach more brokenhearted souls who need two random strangers giving them relationship advice. Original music, recording, editing, and producing by our good friend, Big Cats. Make sure to check out his podcast, The What If Podcast, and remember... You are ready right now to move forward with your life. You are capable of making the right decisions to move towards your goal. And you are healing and you are healed and you are whole right now. You are ready to move on and you can even find gratitude for all those past mistakes, past relationships, things that got you where you are now. Because it's time for a new chapter in your life. Turn the page today. And if all else fails, just break up. <laughs> <laughs>